0: Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and that's badass. Wood Art, tonight we have former Panther running back, Jonathan Stewart here, to break down Sunday's game between the Vikings and the Panthers, both 0-3 heading into that game. First off, Jonathan, thank you for joining us tonight. Do you prefer Jonathan or John? Uh, Jonathan.
1: Okay. I know John here, but... (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a whole, wanted to make your... a whole
1: different vibe when you come up with a, Hey, my name's John. <laughs> oh,
0: Thanks. John. Um, before we get into, um, the game itself, I had a question just for you, uh, given that you were a former player and, and obviously played with some, some different head coaches. So Kevin O'Connell this week in the media for the, for the Vikings, uh, We've had fumbling issues, if you didn't know, here in Minnesota, seven through three games, which is uh, one away from what we had all last season. And, and he came out and was like, listen, it's going to get fixed one way or another. Either you're going to hold on to the ball or we'll find people to hold on to the ball. As a player, if, if, if your head coach says something like that, like how do you take that?
1: Um, the job is to hold on to the ball. So, I mean, if you're not doing your job – this isn't, you know, a pet on the back, kissing babies type of business. You know, there's a, there's a lot of money invested into, you know, the NFL. A lot of fans come, you know, far, short distances, far distances. Some people travel across the world uh, to see the Minnesota Vikings. And so if you're just not holding on to the, to the thing that gets you the victory, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. that's a problem. And so, I mean, you can say that about any any anything when it comes to the game. Missing tackles, if you're missing tackles. We're going to find someone to make a tackle. If you can't block, we're going to find someone that can block. If you can't throw, we're going to find somebody that can throw. And I can go down the line, right? And yeah. but most importantly, the ball is the most important thing to the football or to to the game of football. Um, so for him to say that. You know, it's nothing new that I've heard. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've heard it at every level. You know, high school, youth, peewee. right? So, if guys are butt hurt or people are like shocked that that's being said in the <laughs> locker room, like we are living in a very, very scary time. If that's the case, if people are shocked and worried and offended, but um, get over it <laughs> and hold on to the ball.
2: As a as a former running back. Did you ever run into issues like you you hold on the ball a lot because as your job as a running back, you get the ball a lot. Did you ever get like little like instances like I don't like to call them the yips or anything like that. But do you ever get like where it's just in your head where you feel like you're going to fumble every time you touch the ball?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I look back to my last game or my last season here as a Carolina Panther. Um, we played the Atlanta Falcons and I might have had two fumbles. Two fumbles lost for sure. I might've had, it probably came out three times that game. Um, and absolutely gets in your head, but it also gets in your opponent's head. Oh, he fumbled. I'm going to try to strip the ball again. Right. So everyone is, you're now, you know, considered a weak point on offense if you're not holding onto the ball. So everyone's going to come after you even more so. And you know that as a running back, as a ball carrier, that that's happening. So it's not necessarily like, Oh, get out of your head. No, I'm in my head because now they're, they know that I fumbled once. They're going to come after me again. So I got to definitely be on top of my ball security, but I mean, to the best of your ability, you got to let that, you got to let that go um, and just play
0: and be free.
2: All right, For sure.
0: In uh in Sunday's game, actually, I have another question while we got you here because there's a, there's an ongoing conversation about how the Vikings lost on Sunday. Um, And the one thing we heard after the game is that they were trying to almost Kirk Cousins almost tried to put some blame on the fans for being too loud in their own home stadium. Um, not blaming it entirely, but there was 45 seconds left, a fourth down conversion, no timeouts. I mean, they're at the five and they wasted, you know, 30 seconds through an interception. Kirk Cousins couldn't hear the play call. Um, and then in his post-game presser was like, crowd noise, just too loud. It, it. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't mean to, mean to put you on the spot here, but from a fan's perspective, it seems kind of outlandish that he would say.
1: As a player, you can't really – players play, coaches coach, and fans pay money to see a performance. Now, there is a such thing as, you know, a smart home home fan base, right? Offense is on the field. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's common knowledge. Is like, hey, that guy's trying to focus out there. He can't focus if we're loud. That's part of home field advantage, right? So as a fan, you got to have that in your mind. Like, hey, we get a home field advantage. That means we get to help the offense out and the defense out, right? So that's what you're going to the games with the mindset of it's like, I'm going to go cheer on my team and I'm going to be a smart fan when my offense is on the, on the, on the field. Now, as a player, you gotta, you know, be politically correct about this thing, right? Can't just be going out there willy nilly and just saying, <laughs> Hey, the fan, the fans lost us that game. If they were quiet, I could have, I could have communicated better with my, my receivers and my offensive line could have got the calls. And like, that could be all no knowledge in the locker room in the meeting rooms. You ain't got to voice that opinion out there in the public, right? We under Like, at the end of the day, people are going to say, yeah, that probably was a fact, but the fact that you actually acknowledged it publicly, that's kind of weird, you know, especially being, you know, the quarterback, you know, the leader of your team, um, the face of the organization. Um, But don't get me wrong. I think Kirk Cousins, I mean, after watching the Netflix series about him. Yeah. So, I mean, as a fan, you can't really be mad at him. I mean, he, he's he's the salt of the earth. You saw him on if you watch Netflix and you feel salty about what he said this past game, <laughs> it's better about him.
2: <laughs> let's uh John, let's pivot back to the Panthers because you just talked about like the face of the franchise, the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Let's talk about the Panthers quarterback. Obviously, Andy Dalton played last week because Bryce Young was in concussion protocol, but as you know, as a former Panther, as a as someone that's close to the team still, I'd assume I have a lot of connections. How do you how do you feel about Bryce Young's development so far? And like what do you think? What have you what have you what do you think about him so far and where do you see him going forward as the quarterback for the Panthers?
1: Um, I like what I've seen so far. I mean, we've had some some of our own issues, obviously. Depth at the offensive line has been, you know, something that's been a struggle for us, getting young guys in there that might not really be ready and developed at that level to be you know, getting all the calls in and and seeing everything at the front and understanding, you know like what the offense is trying to accomplish on certain plays, downs, and distance. it's a, it's a different it's a different level and different experience in the trenches going from college to the pros. So when you got guys that are injured and banged up and you got the younger guys having to step up, I mean, at the end of the day, there's really no excuse. you're you're, you're a pro. You need to attack this game. Like you're a starter every week when you're in practice and when you're you know, approaching games, you got to expect that you're going to be playing and you got to expect to go out there and dominate. And so but given the fact that we are in our situation, um, you know, I think Bryce Young has handled it you know, perfectly. I mean, now as I'm glad we got the two interception game out of the way. You know, and what, what we saw was he was able to learn from that, you know, the following week. We have no interceptions. Right. Um, and then we have the fumble and then we didn't get to see him, you know, answer the next week because he was injured in that game. But I saw a lot of good things from Bryce Young in the sense of his anticipation in the pocket, guys breaking out of their routes, hitting them in stride. A lot of those things, you know, is what we expect out of a first round draft pick. Um and I think at the end of the day, what's going to really, you know, what I want to see him do going forward is just continuing to, to just be within himself. Like, don't try to be anything bigger than, you know, what, you know, people are expecting you to be. Just just go in there, manage games, do what you do. What, you dissect offenses or defenses. You, you're a quick analyzer. So just go out there, trust your, you know, vision and what you see, and hit the targets.
0: Did he get cleared to play this weekend already, or is that still up in the air?
1: Uh, I'm not really sure, but I know that he practiced today. So, okay. Okay. That's a good sign.
0: Yeah. I was Uh, obviously, you guys are 0 3. We're 0 3. A lot on the line here for this game. But what is the vibe in Carolina? Because in Minnesota, it's almost near panic Um, coming off a 13 win season a year ago. High expectations. But for you guys, A rookie quarterback, maybe just trying to rebuild a little bit before you get new head coach, new yeah, yeah, new head coach,
2: a lot of new personnel too. Um,
1: I feel like every fan base, you're gonna have the guy, the people that you know, instant gratification, Mm -hmm. like, and you know, this game is not is anything but instant, (laughs) right? Especially when you are in our in our shoes. Now, Minnesota Vikings, I can understand right you've been you there's really no crazy turnover over there right you guys coming into this season feeling like you've revamped feeling like you've gotten some key components in in certain gears I mean I think the running back position you know I, I don't think that was addressed properly um to be honest um but you know I think for the Carolina Panthers the fans we have some people that are you know instant gratified grat- gratification type of people um but you got to understand that this is a process um and now it's not going to be a three-year process i don't think that's what the coaching staff and you know the ownership um is sitting back thinking to themselves oh we got three years to be good no when they go out on sunday they want to be good on sunday they want to perform on sunday they want their players to play to the expectations that they have set for them so and as does the fans um, I think the vibe is probably 60/40. You got 40% fans that are upset and 60% fans that are understanding. Um, but who cares, right? I think I'm coming from a player's mindset. Like, the guys in the locker room, that's all you got and that's all yeah. that really matters at the point.
0: When we when we look at this game this weekend, I know you said you only have a little bit of time with us this evening, so I want to get a few more thoughts from you about the game. Any matchups specifically that you're looking for um, to maybe potentially exploit against the Vikings? Because um, it's it's easy for us to sit here and think about our team in a positive light. But you have a very objective point of view um, about the Vikings and your, the, and your team. I
1: mean, I haven't really given much look at the Vikings, to be honest. But as far as what I know, the Carolina Panthers have shown, um, we can be effective in the passing game. Um, Andy Dalton proved that, you know, with his, deci- his deci- decision making against the Seahawks um, in an environment that isn't easy, especially with the rain coming down and all that. So the weather's supposed to be perfect here for game day. Um, I expect us to be able to exploit um, the defense in the passing game, no matter what. Um, Chark showed that he can be an explosion um, in the passing game. Um, I'd like to see LaVisca Chenault, um be added into the mix and some explosion. Um, just kind of, you know, throwing the defense off. But what I really expect is for us to get back to this running game. And if we can get to the running game and, and get some play action going, I think we can really find a com- comfort spot for Bryce Young and the entire offensive line. Um, because right now, everyone just sa- sitting back, you know, just rushing forward and. Hey, have at it! We'll send a blitz whenever we want. Type of type of defense.
2: <laughs> how do you how do you see the the Carolina Panthers defense? No JC Horn. How do you see them defending a Kirk Cousins and a Justin Jefferson specifically on that back end? With and it sounds like Xavier Woods is out too. So how do you how do you see that defense defending Justin Jefferson?
1: Well, you gotta you gotta defend by getting to the quarterback. Um, you gotta make sure you get in Kirk. You gotta get in Kirk's face um you know get him rattled a little bit and get him you know off his off his platform there um and I think that's for any you know passing attack if you can get in the backfield just be disruptive that's always positive and and I think at the end of the day we have Jeremy um uh Jeremy Chen and he I think we'll we'll see some things out of him I mean he hasn't really been playing that much um, I expect to see more of, of Chin um, taking some action to the field and creating some turnovers, um, which is what we really need. Um, coming off, maybe we'll see some, you know, some blitz packages with him. Um, trying to think here, we had a lot of injuries, um, so <laughs> to be determined as far as like who who's expected to play. Um, but getting to the quarterback is definitely the easiest easiest answer to that.
0: Yeah, it's uh it, I looked at your defensive line and sometimes I often forget how many talented players you have on that that defensive line and you know Miles even alluded to to some of the the secondary talent you have even though a couple of them will be out. So you have a good opportunity to uh, attack this Vikings offensive line who has been struggling in, especially mm-hmm. in the interior through the first part of the season here. So um, that's definitely something I'd, I'm going to continue to watch. I know the team is evaluating whether they want to start Dalton Reisner this week um, in replace of Ed Ingram. So a lot to to kind of figure out before we head into this Panthers game on Sunday. Yeah. But um, anything else from from you, Jonathan, before we, we let you go? Or Miles, if you have any other questions. Um. How oh, kind of about question. a score prediction?
1: Yeah, I was about to say, what do you guys predict the score to be? Uh,
0: so, the Vikings are favored by four going Matt, in. Matt, Matt won't vote against the Vikings, so you. I never not... will. <laughs> I, <laughs> never expect,
2: I never expect. I <laughs> expect you
1: too.
0: I mean, if if we do lose, it's going to be it's going to be hell here in Minnesota. But mm-hmm. I I think it'll still be closer than people think, especially if Bryce Young plays. I think he's got some of that. Uh, I mean, I don't think our defense is the greatest, and they blitz a lot. And you know, I think Bryce Young could could, like you said, beat us on. I think with this- I
1: honest I honestly think Bryce Young, his his skill level of being able to analyze defenses, good quarterbacks can, can see a blitz coming from a mile away.
0: Right. Well, we I mean, also blitz eighty five percent of the time.
1: Right. So <laughs> that anticipation thing that I was talking yeah. about. If he's watching film, like I know he's watching film, and there's an opportunity where he recognizes something that's happened that he's seen before, that can be a problem for you guys. Um, and we talk about explosive plays. That's the opportunity right there. You know, that's that's what you give, and it's it's like a gift and a curse, right? You want to be a blitzing team? Yeah, you'll get in the backfield, but you're going to give up some big plays too,
0: so – yeah, and we saw that last week. Um, for a score prediction for me, I'd probably do something like 24, 21. I think, uh, and I, I'll, I'll pick the Vikings there, but I do think it could go the other way. I, I, I think yeah. Carolina could beat us.
1: Well, I'm going to go 28, 28 Panthers,
0: 17 Vikings. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. The 0-4 Vikings. Miles, what are you <laughs> I think doing?
1: I, I think the uh, the home team is going to come
0: and be smart fans. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Thielen revenge game, too. Adam Thielen revenge Ooh, yeah. game. I oh, yeah, gonna say Adam, Adam Thielen about team, to have but... two
1: tugs on y'all.
0: <laughs> he definitely
2: wants that. Yeah. Um, I It's going to be a one-score game because that's just what this Vikings team does, no matter who the opponent is. So um, I'll say 30-24 to 24 Vikings.
0: Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We're sticking with our team. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck, fellas. (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining us this evening. Um, No problem, man. Good luck on Sunday. All right. Thanks, man. You too. That is Jonathan Stewart, former Panthers running back, joining us this evening. It's a quick kind of preview, uh, the the matchup on Sunday. So Miles and I, we can dive into it a little bit uh, more this weekend's game. Uh, this this show probably won't go the full hour like we typically do. Um, but let's talk about it, Miles. Let's talk about this weekend's game. Yep. He he seemed to think that, you know, Bryce Young has that chance to, you know, read our defense and potentially pick it apart. Um, and and the, the Panthers do have weapons, right? We talked about it pre-show, but D.J. Chark, Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders, if he's healthy, Um you're shaking your head, no. You don't want to give them the respect because last time we no. did this, it was to the Bucks and we we lost. Who I told you they had good weapons. Y'all, the one that was telling me they didn't—that's true. That's Ryan. Is Ryan <laughs> in the chat? That's Ryan's Yeah, fault. probably somewhere.
2: Um, No, it, it's not. A, it's like no disrespect. I just don't think. I think if the, if the defense was going to have a get right game, it'd be against a team that doesn't like DJ Chark's their explosive playmaker. But the way our defense is, I'm not too worried about that as much as like. Like the, if 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 the DBs are gonna have a get right game, it'd be this one because they're not playing anybody that's truly elite. They're not playing anybody that they're like you have to get double teams on. You have to like shadow cover like all these things. Like you could play straight up. Doesn't mean those guys won't win some of their matchups, but I just think like straight up, I think on a down to down like basis, I think we should be able to match up pretty well against their receivers and the receiving cores as, as a whole. Now the run game, if they can get that going, that'll probably be a, be a problem. Like if they can get the Smash Mills football going. That'd become a problem for this defense, but um, I don't know if they're really capable of that. Who
0: is their backup running back behind Sanders? Chuba Hubbard. Okay, he's been okay. pretty
2: good. He's been kind of like their down, their third down back.
0: Yeah, I so while I agree that um, Bryce Young maybe could analyze and, and and pick apart our defense if he's watching film, at least on some occasions, their offensive line is atrocious. Um. So you're saying we might actually get to the quarterback? I think we might. I mean, mean, at least, at least Daniel Hunter can, though he's he's going up against probably the one good guy they have, Taylor Moten, uh, as as their right tackle. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I tend to think this is a game that still we're gonna we're gonna kind of struggle in. Flip. (laughs) Why are we not going to full hour? Y'all scrapped the chat GPT. <laughs> no, I have it here. Miles will hate me for it, but I still yeah, have we'll it.
2: We'll do it. We'll do it. That'll be coming up here in a few minutes.
0: Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, we left Monday's show still kind of frustrated. We actually haven't really talked since then, but I, th- I just, I don't know what to think about our team. They haven't put any consistent, like outside of the offense, consistent, plays on on the field like everybody just flashes in different spurts and so it's really tough to get a feel for how this defense is even going to play this weekend um but i do have confidence that the offense will put up put up some points
2: yeah this this team is so is so weird like one week the defense might play pretty well and the next it might be the defense or the offense like the offense has been pretty consistent but it's the uh can they can they be consistent in all the quarters can they sustain drives can they like Sometimes it's not about like can they get points like how many times can they get points on on a drive and not have three and outs. It's the key to not having three and outs for me is like you're not always going to score every drive, but if you can sustain drives, it obviously gives you more momentum, more opportunity, more uh, ball control, and those things like time of possession. That stuff's important. I think that that's something that they need to get get better at. Um, But one thing uh, I think it was uh, Nick, you know uh, Nick Miller from you know from CTP talking about. uh, he was listening to the strip podcast today about the Vikings offensive line yes. and how there might be some changes. Like we expect Dalton Reisner to play this week, but he also said they might expect uh yeah, uh oh my god, uh uh Blake Brandle to to yeah. maybe play as well. So both guard spots might be wide open this week. Um, sounds like the Vikings might not be too happy with both their guards, not just uh or, but maybe Ezra Cleveland too. So if that's the case, just kind of curious what your thoughts are there and like where where you see Reisner and, and, uh, Brando playing.
0: Yeah. So I think that, uh, I think the, the Reisner thing is inevitable, right? He's, he's going to supplant either Cleveland or Ingram. My, my guess it it will be Ingram, but if they're having conversations about both guard positions, I feel like then maybe the Reisner move is more so for Cleveland and the reason I say that is we've had we've had uh, Darren Wolfson on this show before, and we've talked about the future state of Ezra Cleveland. He was drafted to be a tackle. He was put at guard. He wants he's I mean, he's a free agent next year, likely wants to be a tackle somewhere, especially making tackle money. And so is this an, is this a path that Quasey takes and says, all right, Reisner, you're filling in at left guard. We'll keep letting Ed Ingram do his thing. Um, and, and maybe Blake Brandle will need to step in over there if, if things aren't working out, but then maybe they ship out Ezra Cleveland here before the trade deadline and maybe try and get some assets for him. I don't know what you'd fetch for Ezra Cleveland. Anything other than a day three pick would be like, mean, it'd, it'd
2: be a day three pick. I'm sure. Like,
0: um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of hear that conversation. Cause I didn't think both were on the block, but when you mention both now, it, it makes me think maybe Cleveland's job is in more jeopardy than Ingram's, especially because Cleveland isn't a quasi guy.
2: Right. Well, and they want, they want Ingram to be good like that. Like not yeah. that they don't want Ezra Cleveland to be good. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's, but like they truly have an investment in developing Ed Ingram. So that's the last is,
0: saving grace of that draft class.
2: <laughs> right. Like, well, him and the Caleb Evans, but like they want, yeah, they want Ed Ingram to succeed in, to a degree that like they want that, development to happen they want to see that progress they want to find that that core centerpiece to the interior of that offensive line with ed ingram now that doesn't mean it'll happen but like that's definitely what they want out of out of of him so if they need it if it if it takes him getting off the field for a few games and and needing to take a step back and kind of reevaluating and then coming back like maybe that's something he needs i think it's um and, 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 developing behind the scenes and learning from guys like Dalton Reisner and those things. Like maybe that's just, or maybe it's transitioning to center. Like, I know that's been a discussion as well. I know Bradbury sounds like he might be back, but, but maybe Ed Ingram's like a, a better fit at center, who knows? Like maybe you cross train him there as he's the backup, you know, while he while he like sits and is a backup. So you never know.
0: I actually kind of like that thought process there about maybe moving Ingram inside to, to center. Um, but then it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense after you just re-signed Bradbury. So again, just, I don't, I don't know. That, <laughs> it's just an interesting, it's a,
2: it's a tough spot that they're in on the interior offensive line, but they need to be better Like point blank period. They got to try, like we're at a point last year, they weren't going to change anything because they were winning, but they're at a point yeah. now where it's like anything like you, you try anything at this point to see what sticks.
0: And that's the thing too, is like winning just cures everything. Um, I'm confident that if, like, if Zimmer's teams before he was he was let go were winning, we probably wouldn't have heard a lot of the stuff that came out afterwards. Um, right. But just everything kind of compiling on it, and then the losses too just kind of made it a, a shit show. But I am happy to see Kevin O'Connell finally showing a little bit of, you know, the strict dad in a sense. Like <laughs> you can see in these pressers, like. He's sick of it at this point. Um, and, and I hope, I, th- I think my biggest concern, right, is he he kind of had those warnings for the team. Like, if, if you don't hold on to the ball, you're going to be benched. Um, yeah. But the people who are fumbling the ball are like TJ Hawkinson, who you just locked up to an extension, uh, Justin Jefferson. So, like, I have a hard time believing he's going to pull those guys off. Um, I think
2: it's like more of a Madison... A Madison scenario, like those types of things, yeah. like it's those guys. Yeah. Because like he has more competition behind him that you'd willing to put a Cam Akers in a a Ty Chandler in, in the game more than you would uh to spell a Madison if he can't get his fumbling issues under under wraps.
0: Yeah. Um, I forgot I didn't I didn't say thanks to everybody who's watching and in the chats. Um, we would really appreciate it if you hit the like and subscribe button. Um, uh, really help our channel grow here. We have a few more uh, minutes left here. So if you have any questions, fire them off in the chat. But uh, right now, I'm going to bring up Miles' favorite segment of our our new Vikings Happy Hour show is the ChatGPT questions. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about game-wise.
2: Nope. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Okay. Ten questions. Some of them are dumb. Some of them. <laughs> uh i think a lot of these actually might be true though but anyway when did the vikings and panthers first meet in an nfl regular season game
2: 2000
0: 2000
2: this says 1995 oh is that early? oh i keep forgetting i thought the panthers was like 98 but i think they're a little earlier than that so yeah okay that makes more sense
0: yeah um, which quarterback holds the record for most passing yards in a single game between the Vikings and Panthers? Cam Newton. Yeah, allegedly, right? We don't know for sure. Did it say what year? 2013. So that was okay. That would okay. line up. That would line up. Um, which team has won more games in the head-to-head matchup? The Vikings or the Panthers? Vikings. The, the, the exact answer from chat GPT is as of my last knowledge update oh. in September of 2021, <laughs> the Vikings had won eight of the 14 games against the Carolina okay. Panthers. That sounds about right. Yeah. Chat GPT seems to be getting better. There <laughs> you go. Um, all time leading rusher for the Vikings and games versus the Panthers. Peterson. Peterson. Uh, Which Vikings wide receiver set a single-game franchise record with 204 receiving yards against the Panthers in 2017?
2: Adam Phelan. Yes. Is that real? I don't know, but I remember he had a big game uh, against them in that year. I just don't – I don't like – I remember the big long touchdown he had. I don't know if he actually had 204 yards, though.
0: (laughs) Nope. Did not. 105.
2: Oh, all right. About 100 yards off. All right.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This stupid thing. Uh, which linebacker did the Minnesota Vikings select with their first-round pick after trading up with the Panthers in 2015? Oh, Anthony
2: Barr? Oh, we traded with the Browns. Oh, 2015. Um, yeah. Who did we trade? That was, was that, the, we trade up for the, Eric
0: Kendricks. That was the Teddy the Teddy draft. No, no, it wasn't. No,
2: 2014 was the Teddy draft. Yeah. And Anthony Barr. The 2015 draft was Trey Waynes in the first, Eric Kendricks in the second, Daniel in the third, Stephon Diggs in the fifth. I don't know where...
0: Well, this is telling us that we drafted Eric Kendricks in the first round, if you didn't know. Oh, okay. All right. Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Which quarterback threw five touchdown passes in a single game against the Panthers in 2018, tying a Vikings franchise record.
2: Did Kirk throw five touchdowns against him?
0: I'm checking. That does not <laughs> seem correct. Yeah, we didn't even play them in 2018. Yeah, I was
2: going to say it doesn't even sound.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, Yeah, didn't even play him. He threw five touchdown passes in that game, though, uh, tying the franchise record. Good for him. Man, can they get rid of this question? Which former Vikings receiver known for his iconic Mossing touchdown celebrations, also played a full season with the Carolina Panthers late in his career. (laughs) Jerry is right. Randy Moss played for the Carolina Panthers during the 2002 season. Oh. Which was the final year in the league. Interesting. It was not his final year in the league. (laughs) Oh, man. And, And the last question is, in which year did the Minnesota Vikings and Carolina Panthers last meet in a playoff game and who won that matchup? they ever met in the playoffs this says we met them in 2017 so the 2018 playoffs um and the panthers beat us in the wild card round but that uh that doesn't seem seem correct so again chat beat gpt is just it's just way off i'm gonna start no i'm not that's too, that's too much work we'll just read them off every week and see if they're actually accurate but Um, yeah, so we did the, we did our, our predictions already. Um, Ryan is not here, so we don't really have his prediction to go off of. Um, I lost the over under bet last week with Alexander Madison. Um, you guys bet the over, I bet the under on like 62 and a half rushing yards. So let's pull up a quick, uh, a, a quick prop bet for this week and then we can bounce. In Do me. It. Sorry,
2: my dog was barking.
0: No, you're good, and you can speak to that while I look uh, look up a prop bet quick.
2: To JJ McCarthy, Oh, I love JJ McCarthy. I love. I, I'd be. I'm on board with that.
0: Do you? I I feel like I haven't watched him enough to. Because
2: yeah, you like Riley Leonard.
0: I'm intrigued by Riley Leonard. Okay. There's a difference. <laughs> I won't be if I'm if I'm pounding the table for him and you know, March, then it's a different story. All right. All right. Um, where are the Vikings on this list? Oh, uh, no. All right. So we can pick w- between three players, Justin Jefferson, 103.5 receiving yards, TJ Hawkinson, 52 and a half receiving yards, or Adam Thielen, 51 and a half receiving yards.
2: I feel like betting the JJ one is just ridiculous at this point because it sh- should always just be the over. Okay. Um, but you do, let's you do, do Hawkinson. Let's do Hawkinson and Thielen. Like, I want to say that both are going to go under. Okay. Don't ask me why. No. I'm don't.
0: i just writing it down. 52 and a half, 51 and a half. Miles thinks the under on both.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: I think I'll take Hawkinson's over. I think we shut down Thielen. That's where I'll go. I'll take the over on Hawk in the under on Thielen. Maybe we'll make some money this week. I'll I'll put it in my little bet, my bet sheet. See if we can (laughs) make any cash off of it. But uh, let's do it. um, But yeah, that uh, that concludes uh, tonight's episode. So hold on. As a Bears fan, I feel disgusted to say this, but I'm rooting for it's the Vikings because they
2: have the Panthers pick. They want the Panthers to suck.
0: Oh, that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. I'm on to you, Jeff. I'm on to you, Jeff. You need a uh, you need to get the number one and number two pick so you can right the ship there in in Chicago.
2: Kill Williams and Marvin Harrison—that'd be sick.
0: <laughs> but fire your head coach then. Get somebody well, yeah. new in there. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I have tonight, Miles. Uh, thank you for hopping on. I know you're still not feeling the best. So, um, hopefully the Vikings can get a win on Sunday and you start feeling better. Um, thank we you. Can, we can hit this thing off again on, on Monday morning um, and go from there. But for everybody in the in the chat, thank you again for watching. Again, please like and subscribe. Once we get to 3,100 followers, Lake Monster Apparel will be sent to somebody Who's uh, subscribed to the channel? So make sure you get on top of that. And then until next time, Skull Vikings.